You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana Keen Jones. For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash for all nerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, y'all? And welcome to another episode of the For All Nerds Show. The voice of the urban geek, the podcast that distresses geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And a lot of other things lately, for real. We're doing a lot right over here. But as always, in the captain's chair, it's your boy DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. Chris Radnorock, Big Grayson Energy, Dr. Steven Slang, Quinn Quarantino, Bernie Slanders, Halal Jordan, here in the spaceship. Quentin Quarantino. Quentin Quarantino. There we go. It's your Butcher AKA. <laughs> you messed it up. <laughs> yeah, somebody asked me to bring back Butcher of Names, and there we go. And they said I hadn't butchered names lately, but I actually butchered Regine L. Sawyer's name when she was on the show. So I don't I did even remember do you doing it. What did you do? Yep, I did. I did. I think I just called her Regine. Regine? Yeah. Yep, I did. Well, yeah. <laughs> Secret <laughs> shame. Secret shame there. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, as you heard, sitting in the co-captain's chair, we have... Tatiana King Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as Father Stretch My Bands, the Ting of the North, Sean Jean Luc Picard, Jay Prince of All Saints, and Lambo Calrissian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and how are you doing out there right now? We, as you know, as everyone knows, we are practicing social distancing and not recording in the usual spaceship. We are in our auxiliary spaceships right now. Auxiliary space pods. Space pods, you know, escape pods, hopefully. <laughs> and, um, you know, hopefully these are up to snuff. And how are you doing out there? I mean, I'm doing well, all things considered. I still have mm-hmm. my health. I mm-hmm. still have a job. Uh, so I still yep. have some money coming in. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm here able to record this show. So I am counting my blessings. There we go. As the title of last week's episode, way to reference it, count your blessings. You know, we said Earth is closed, but count your blessings, folks. So we're going to keep doing that in this second week of our For All Nerds quarantine. Um, it's been going on for other people in the USFA longer, for our listeners out there in China for a lot longer, you know, all around the world. And we do have Shout listeners out. in China, all over we the do. world. All Amazing. over the world. Yo, shout out to my peoples in Italy. I actually have a good friend of mine, a dude who I was um in Dubai with, who is in the most hit region of Italy right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so shout out to my man Luca, man. Stay strong out there. He's good so far. Him and his daughter and his wife, they're all together in their house quarantining, but they've been in the thick of it, you know, to say the least. For people out here in America who think they've seen something, you know, my man is seeing it right now. So, That's you know, pretty it's. Scary. Yeah, it's throwing down, man. It's throwing down. But like we say, we count our blessings here on the For All Nerds show. As always, thank you to everybody out there for listening. You know, it means the world to us that you come together with us here every week and listen to us. You know, we're all going through this together. I mean, this is a worldwide thing right now. So everyone is dealing with this pandemic in their own way. 
wherever they are. I talked to my peoples in Ethiopia. I thought Ethiopia, you know, I'm like, okay, they good. He's like, bro, we all on quarantine. Yeah. Everybody. Yep. You go nowhere but your house or work or that's it. Yep. You know, and, and that is it. And I think that's the right move. Like at this point. Yes. I mean, this is a global situation. And yep. the the most responsible thing to do is to protect your citizens globally. Like I know, um, if I'm not mistaken, Malawi had been announced that even though they had zero cases, they were still yep. going to implement social distancing and quarantining and all this other stuff because they just want to be, you know, at this point, it's just like you, you have to protect yourselves and you got to protect yeah. the, your people. So kudos to everybody who is practicing social distancing. Kudos to all the governments that actually have a plan. Kudos to hey, those yeah. that have a plan and are carrying it through. <laughs> um, <laughs> special shouts out to the states, <laughs> the state governments in many of the states in the United States, particularly New York, um, yeah. where you actually have governors and other officials who are trying to do the right thing and are working their ass off to make it happen. So shout out to y'all. Everyone knows who I'm talking about, um, who are <laughs> people who are actually making it happen for people. I'm all about that action. I don't care about talk. So mm. thank you. And also, as, as we mentioned before, our episode last week when we talked about counting your blessings, even on top of that, just we shared, and particularly you, Ben, I mean, you shared a lot of good uh, tools and ways to cope and not just cope, but also thrive during this time. So if you guys haven't heard that episode, I please, please, please go take some time, to listen to that episode because it's not just inspiring. It's actually very, very helpful. And mm. I, I think that you can, everyone can take a, a lot out of it from the, from the positive. Mm-hmm. And I want to really just keep that vibe going because to me, that's just more, You know, like, we always talk about uh, geek culture on this show. And, you know, last week we mentioned the brother, rest in peace once again, and my man, Combat Jack. But he always told me something about uh, the Combat Jack show that a lot of people might not even understand or know. He was like, this is not a show about hip-hop. He's like, this is a show about showing people the path to success that people have taken in the realm of Mm hip-hop. So that way you can see your own path to success. And so that was always the vibe that I took with For All Nerds. You know, we talk about geek culture, but we bring you all these interviews and as well as ourselves, me and Tatiana, Tatiana and I, that we present our lives to y'all. So you see how we've gone on these paths to our own version of success. And then you also get all these interviews with all these luminaries who can explain how they got there. And that's why we always try and do these very in-depth interviews where we get into people's lives, mm-hmm. you know, their fears, their joys, all those different things. Because we want people to see how, you know, what how these people really are and how they're just like us and how they took a path and they worked at it and then they got where they are. You know, it's not Absolutely. just like no one is this overnight success that you think they are. Everyone works fucking hard for this shit. And people really, you know, they go through the same things. They have the same fears that we do. Everyone thinks they're an imposter in the room, you know, <laughs> even once they get on, you know, I'll tell you all that, you know, I, I, I don't know if I ever felt like an imposter when I was in the writer's room, but I, I was very welcome there, you know, but I'm sure at other places I would feel that way. And it was still those moments where I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm sitting across from some geniuses, mm. you know, people who have all kind of stripes, you know, on their belt, like they shit is lit and I'm over here sitting with them and they're like, yo, Ben, what do you think? So those are moments, you know, and you have to get past it and just be like, boom, you know, and I talked about that last week and how I feel like we have that leg up because of being a people of color, we're always under the gun. So we're always ready for things like that. Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that 
you and Regine, speaking of Regine, the other day you guys even had, um, I don't even know what to call it. Like you have a special name for it, but you guys had like a, a almost a writer's retreat situation the other day yes. online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we called it Get Your Mind Right. You know, get your mind right as you see the W-R-I-T-E instead of right. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. pun. Nice. You know, a l- little bit. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it's me and Regine. We got together on Instagram. We've been doing a lot of things on various you know platforms right now. But, yeah, we've been on Instagram Live. We had, like what you say, a writer's retreat where me and Regine got on there. And we basically sat there for an hour and change and just asked and answered questions of each other and of the audience. And the audience came in with their own questions and asked us various things. Questions about what? About writing and about creativity. Because that's what we were really talking about was keeping this creativity going while you're stuck in the crib. Mm. And also, do you have to be creative? That was something that we talked about a lot. Like, could people see, you know, you go on Twitter and people are like, yo, now it's your chance to write King Lear. (laughs) No, it's not. Your chance to write King Lear is every day. You know, every day you're alive is a chance to create something dope or do something dope. But... You shouldn't feel pressure to do it now that you're sitting at home and you and you might have extra time. Because I'll tell you from, you know, my experience, I sit at home, you know, I have that type of time all the time and it still is hard to create stuff. <laughs> and also, I think that's kind of ridiculous to hold people to that type of random, really, standard to say, oh, well, now that you have, and first of all, that's a huge presumption, now that you have time. But for, yes. pe- for, but for people to say, well, now that you have time, this is when you can do, you can make your extra money and build your business and do this. Yes, that's true. You can. However, that's not what defines you. And I want to mm-hmm. make that point to people because yes. I remember when the quarantine really just first started happening where people was like, oh, well, at least now that means you should be on the grind. You should be doing this, do that. That's nice. However, it also doesn't take into account many different factors. It's okay if during this quarantine, you are not motivated to write your King Lear and all that other stuff. If your focus is on your family, if your focus is on your health, if your focus is on keeping your mind right, whether it's W-R-I-T-E or just actually right, R-I-G-H-T, that's what's important. And I want to make sure that everybody understands that you this is not necessarily the time for you to go out and build a masterpiece or build your your mega empire. Like, that's not the case. Your time is always going to be your time, quarantine or no quarantine. If it was yes. always been time for you to do that, it was going to happen regardless. And it's all about the energy you put out there. It's all about the effort you put out there. And if you want to use this time to build something, by all means, do it. At the same time, don't feel like you have to. You are not mm. in competition. The entire world is on lockdown understand that and maybe going from there you'll have maybe a, a certain sense of centering for yourself like you, you don't have to be that guy or that girl or that person like you just don't <laughs> it's okay to chill mm-hmm. and uh, I second that so much I'm so glad you said that because I have been feeling that pressure on myself because like I said as a writer I'm always under the pressure where I'm like oh I've gotta come with my next dope strip gotta do this gotta do that you know what you written next what you written last that's always the word on the street. And so it's been really pressuring me now that I'm off. But I've also realized, yo, I just got to take the time for myself. And what we talked about last week, that we live in this abundant world. And what is yours will be yours. you know. And there's space for everyone out there. And so what I've been even taking more time and what I would encourage people to do is to collaborate, to talk to people more. That's why we did that live, because I was just reaching out to people, all the listeners. I told them all straight, I was like, yo, if you got a project, if you got something, all the viewers, hit me up. You know, we're easy to reach. People like us are easy to reach, and you're one with me 
personally, you're one person away from a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. But like I also said on there, make sure your shit is dope. You know, take the time. Put the faith in yourself. Put the work into yourself and make sure your issue is dope and then send it to me. You know, send it to other people. Put yourself out there because right now people are talking. Everyone's collabing on different things. It's really a dope time. That's what I... That's one thing that I really appreciate and I'm taking away from this moment because while everyone is sitting at home, everyone has to, you know, take a second back and just really think and real realize what's important in life. Indeed. And so I'm happy that people are doing that. And we've also seen, like, I see you having these notes right here, like how air pollution is down. Uh, I mean, you could speak more on this, but that, that's wild right there. Well, this is more just so the, the effects of everything happening right now. So- yeah. The fact that a lot of people are locked down, the movement has been restricted to certain degrees. There's not as much industry, if you will, going on. As many of you guys may have seen or heard, like throughout, I guess, the last couple of weeks, there have been marked changes across the globe when it comes to pollution. Like, and yeah, there 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 are nuances there, but but there are clear indicators that are showing that in in maybe the most highest pollution areas, the air is actually clearing up. Uh, in areas where, you know, there's a lot of water traffic, where now that it's none or very little, the oceans or the seas or whatever you want to call it, waterways are clearing up. Like, it just comes to show you, like, and, and some people will take that as, they, of course, they'll take it to the negative, right? And they'll say, oh, humans, humans are, are the problem. problem. And it's like, no, actually, that comes to show you that there are ways to live in the world where you can balance it. Like, it's mm-hmm. all about balance. Like, we don't have to do a Thanos and take out half the population. That's not necessary. Like, there mm-hmm. are ways that we can learn to balance. And much like with the environment itself, I just think just taking it right back to what we were saying about us as people, there are ways to balance yourself so that you can still be fruitful and you still can be successful. Yes, and that's something else we were talking about that I've been saying, and I have just posted it on my Instagram stories, actually, that things should never go back to the way they were. You really? Know, Yes, and I mean that wholeheartedly, and I'm really scared that people aren't going to understand that. Please tell me what you mean, specifically. All right. In general, this world is run by capitalism, right? There are other countries and everything that don't have a system of capitalism, but America being the powerhouse that it is and having this unchecked form of capitalism that is one of the most brutal forms of capitalism. Actually, it was written about in that New York Times in the, what, 1619 Project? One of their articles was about that capitalism is based in slavery. And because it's based in slavery, it's one of the most brutal forms of capitalism ever. Because any worker, any white worker, especially back in the day, would automatically say, well, at least I'm not a slave. Mm. You know, no matter how bad their job was. And so it's still to this day is ingrained in the system of capitalism that we work in. Well, I got a job, right? You know, no matter how bad your working conditions are, no matter what it is, you're like, well, I got a job and that person over there doesn't. So I'm better than them. Wow. You know, and that's what's taught. That's what goes, like I said, that goes back to slavery because the white man would say, well, I'm not like a slave. And so now the black man comes up and he has a job and so he's like, I'm not like the black man without a job. You know what I mean? And so it keeps going. And so we live under this ridiculous form of capitalism, right? And if you go into the, like, just the idea of capitalism, Eventually, it's going to get to a point. This is what the logical, what the uh, predetermined outcome of, of a system of capitalism is, is that at the end of it, 
there's going to be a few people in ownership of all the means of production and the rest of the people, there will be a huge poor class. There'll be no middle class or anything. It'll just be, you know, rich and very poor. And that's pretty much the stage we're at right now. You know, if you look at the history of America throughout, you know, the what, 200 something years, whatever it is, it's drawn from different stages to now where it's like a very few. And people are predicting that after this, the only large companies that could be in existence are Amazon, Walmart, and Costco. Jeez Louise. Well, yes. well, similarly, and on a slightly lighter note, I know yep. that this affects things like entertainment, obviously. Like, we talked mm-hmm. about how us, we, we can't... Oh, but hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, yeah, sorry. I, I just don't... Because I don't want to make that... That's not a, this is not a dark note. And I really want to make... I want to finish making this point. Is what I meant is that what we can't go back to is like we can't go back to that way we have to figure out a better way because this is the way that has led us to this point you know the fact that we don't have medical care for all the fact that we live in this system where you have to pay your rent every month or you're fucked over and we were discussing this last week how all this shit is illusion and i'm not sure what the way is and how to get there but i just want people to really take a moment and look at it because a lot of times we look at things like i you know, it had me dying yesterday. Pharrell was over there on Twitter with the GoFundMe. And people are just straight up like, what? Go take, you know, the money you stole from Khalees. And I feel that wholeheartedly. Because it's like, nah, bro, you are a millionaire. He just put his house up for sale for $17 million. People are out of work. Mm. Why are you asking for a GoFundMe from them to, you know, fund medical masks? Why aren't you putting up a mill flat out? Yeah, definitely. You bought, you spent more than a mill on chains. You know, that's what I mean. It's time to like really take a stock of who we are as a people and really be like, what are we putting our money into? What are we putting our effort into? Who are we celebrating? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So what I was going to say was on top (laughs) of all of that, even in entertainment is being affected. I I was trying to express how, you know, even us, we are not in our normal spaceship, which also means we don't have guests live sitting in there with us. So we have to move things around and change things. And that might, that might up not not upend, but that might introduce a new way of us doing business, as it does mm. for other entertainment outlets or distributors and directors and things like that. Like you see, there's you can I mean it's a huge CVS receipt list at this point of <laughs> productions and and projects that have been pushed back or or not just pushed back, but also being released digitally. So like. I know you mentioned that like Onward um, is dropping on digital and Disney Plus two, only two weeks after it's been in theaters. Um, things like Birds of Prey, it came out on March 24th. Uh, so you know, it was yesterday for us, but depending on when you listen to it, March 24th. Um, and there's even more things. As you know, we talked about the um, Invisible Man that came out like a week ago. So like... Also, Pretty damn good. Very, yeah, it's actually very entertaining. Uh, I was not mad. It was entertaining. I was not mad at all. Very entertaining. entertaining. Yes. And the, and yeah, you have things like Wonder Woman where they're just pushing it back because the studio said they don't want to do video on demand. They want a theatrical release. That's cool. But the, my whole point of bringing all this up is that now you're starting to see a shift in even an entertainment and delivery system. So mm-hmm. when you say things also about things should not go back to the way they were, are you also thinking about when you think about entertainment? Is that also included? Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that last week. And, it, you know, it even goes to the entertainment industry. A lot of people in the entertainment industry, myself included, don't have paid leave. 
You know, there's a lot of things like that. But yeah, as far as just the whole system of delivery, yeah, we talked about that. Once you pull something out of the box, I don't feel you could put it back in. And even though I'm a huge fan and I'm happy they pushed Wonder Woman back because I'm a huge fan of things, you know, August, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm going to go for October just, you know, so people have time to chill and relax for a minute. But I want to see Wonder Woman in the theater with a huge crowd you know mm. that is something that's a big part of it now onward dropping two weeks after being in theaters that joint i mean that was probably because of corona too as well because it started flopping you know in the theater but yeah i'm happy to see that i think that's how things should be you know if not same day you know one weekend but all right this goes to like another part of the industry that's having a problem and movies, comics and movies, right? right? There's the middleman, the comic book store and the movie theater. That's the problem here. This is why they push Wonder Woman back because they know movie theaters are suffering right now. You know, they're closed down. If they don't get no mortgage, whatever, if they're actually paying rent, they're screwed. You know, that location is going to shut down because like New York, you can't afford rent without getting the massive amount of income you're getting. Yeah. And Wonder Woman is one of those money earners for a theater. So this goes to the same thing with Comets, right? Comet, uh, Diamond Comets distributors this week decided to suspend shipping because they have coronavirus at a few of their facilities. Mm. And Diamond Comets is like a damn monopoly, right? They, they're they the only ones, pretty much. There's a few other small, but you want Marvel, you want DC, you want Funko, you want any of them big things. They got exclusives. You know, they are, uh, it's, they're ruthless. It's terrible. Right. But they hold it down. And so they said, we're not shipping anything, which means no new comics. Like, that's it. You know, I mean, that's it. Because Marvel is not. And so one uh, comic book store was like, let's do this. If you buy the comic from my shop, you get a digital code from us. And then when all this clears up, you come in and get your printed copies too. Right. And he proposed that to the big companies. And people slammed him. But he's thinking Why? ahead. Because Why they do they are, slam him? Because they're not idea. thinking it through. It's It's the same thing. They're not thinking it through. They're thinking that, okay... You know, um, they can get... I mean, well, there's, there are a couple of issues there, right? Because then you could go get a digital code from anywhere. But people will show loyalty to your shop, in my opinion. Well, I am reading through this. And one of the people who are talking through this, they're saying that they feel like there's a fear with the with the comic book shops that the customers switching to digital will mean they yep. will abandon the physical comic book stores. No way. So that's what their fear is. But is it really founded? No, because like the dude said, uh, digital is less than 10% of total comic book sales right now. And people like me being included, even though I will read the F out of something on an iPad, I will also always buy at least the trades. And then if it's books that I really love, I buy single issues after I've read it on the iPad. I don't even care. Right. You know, it's like I will go buy, because I'll, I'll read the digital just so I can, before I can get to the store. Like right now, I can't get to the store. So I'm reading all digital. But then, you know, as soon as stores open, and I'm planning, I actually wanted to talk about this a little later in the show, but I'm planning to actually start buying gift cards and, you know, reserving my copies from my local store. And I feel like everyone should be doing that right now. Mm. You know, if you have a store that you go to that's closed down right now, please call them up, email them, check on them, see what they're doing right now, how you can support them. Because it is tough on them. Like I talk about these middlemen and comic books might, you know, are definitely probably way worse than movie theaters. You know, it's like comic books are a ruthless business. And being in a shop, you know, owning a shop is ruthless and so tough. So really, you know, reach out to them. Like I'm supporting uh, anyone comics in Brooklyn. 
they about to get as much of my dollars as I can spare, you know, over there because I just want them to stay open. I really love their shop. And I know they're having tough times right now. So that's one thing. But that's why they push back Wonder Woman because they want to, to give the theater something. You know, the theaters need this money. And Wonder Woman will draw people back to the theaters, hopefully. And so this could save them from bankruptcy. So that's why, that's why there's this huge thing. You know, you never, it's tough to decide, you know, like, yeah, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, but at the same time, you got to kind of stuff his ass down in there. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, like, <laughs> if you don't, you know, the, I mean, but then it's like, well, is, do you, is that, do we just accept the wave of the future? You know, is this just bringing the future a little faster? Because eventually movie theaters and all that might have been, you know, I don't know, man. But that hurts. I love, you know, I love it. Tony, no. You know, like, I'm never going to get that again. In Endgame when my man streamed, I mean, in Infinity War, this dude behind me streamed, Tony, no. You know, like, come on, man. You can't replicate that. Right. Ain't no tweets doing that. Ain't no live tweeting doing that one. And it's funny. When you said Wave of the Future, I immediately thought of Leonardo DiCaprio in The Aviator. In what? The Aviator. If you haven't seen that, watch. Oh, I've that. seen most of it, but what, what does he talk about? The wave of the future. The wave of the future. He does. <laughs> before his Astros nuts. <laughs> I think that's during during that time. But during, yeah, I'm sure that's that sounds like something. Of. Yeah, that sounds like something a, a going nuts man says. It's, it's the, the wave, wave of the future. future. <laughs> like, nah, nah, bro, no, it ain't. <laughs> Clip your nails. All right, um, with that, I think. Before we get out of here, we do have to mention some news that dropped in between episodes. Oh. Your girl Rosario. Oh, shit. What the fuck? How do we not start the show with this? <laughs> and especially in the binge that I've been on of Clone Wars, I'm almost done with season three. And I have to say, I want to go online and ask people was season three a slog for them, too? Because. It wasn't the best, you know. Oh, it Clone was, Wars? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Season three was not the best one. But the show is still so great that even not the best, you know, it's still very good. So I can't even, you know, be mad. because I've the still bar been, high. Yeah, I've still been. Yeah, it's set the bar high. But, yes, Rosario Dawson has been cast as Ahsoka Tano. In season two of The Mandalorian, which is a, oh. a lot of people are like, first of all, a lot of people, including myself, are like, yes. 100% yes. Amazing move. Great move for a variety of reasons. Um, it was also reported that Dave Filoni, who is the co-creator of Ahsoka, um, the animated version, who is also a writer, producer, and director on The Mandalorian, was absolutely thrilled. Um, and it's actually a fan casting that has actually come true because yes. people have asked Rosario as far back as 2017, excuse me, 2017 to, to be Ahsoka. And she was like, hell yeah, I'm all about it. So mm-hmm. fast forward now for on top of everything that's happening for them then to say, yep, Rosario is now Ahsoka. It's, it's pretty incredible. So I imagine that they're going to have her all done up like Ahsoka with the face, uh, face tats and all the other stuff, right? Yes, okay. and the tentacles, which I actually Googled yesterday because I wasn't sure. I've been watching the Clone Wars for, you know, now three seasons. I was like, is that hair or tentacles? And I wasn't sure, so I Googled. It's tentacles, yeah. It's actually tentacles yeah. on her head, and so they're going to have to do a great job with that. But And I like say I face tats, but is that her, just her skin pattern? You know, I'm not 100% because that's thing. I haven't done too much Googling because I didn't want to be spoiled, especially when it comes to Ahsoka. So I haven't done too much of, you know, Googling of her. So I'm not sure if those are face tats or skin patterns because the patterns on her tentacles are her patterns as far as I know. Like, that's part of her skin. Right. Yeah. 
So I don't know, but what I do know is Ahsoka is one of my favorite characters of all time. Like I, I, I feel so foolish for having slept on Clone Wars. I say this every week because every week I've been watching the show, and it's so good. And Ahsoka is such a brilliant character, and just so dope, so unsure of herself. You know, just like pure absolute fire. And I love Clone Wars. And now that I've been falling more and more in love with Ahsoka, I'm gonna get through this. Very soon, and I cannot wait to see Rosario because she's just perfect, yo. It's like they just have all the same characteristics, you know. Just the way they move in the world, everything. The Roy Rosario just has that fire about her. That's pure Ahsoka Tano. So, I, man, listen. <laughs> well, and then I ain't even got to when Ahsoka's grown up, like you know, the version that Rosario is trying to play, the world weary one, the one who's been through all this. I can't wait to see that because that's a person who's seen. Their mentor turn into an you know turn from Anakin to Darth Vader, yeah. So that's something that I can't wait to see that character portrayed. Like yo, yes, man, yeah, yeah. With that, we're gonna take a quick break. As always, thank you for joining us here, and we'll be right back with more of the Fall Nerd Show. Hey guys, it's Allison Williams. I'm an actor, and when I am not scaring people on screen, I am hanging out with For All Nerds and listening to their show. Hey guys, this is Rod and Karen of the Blackout Tales podcast. And when we are doing one of our mini podcasts, yes, we are listening to Four Hour Nerds. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Asante, one third of the Friend Zone. And when I am not smoking pot or playing Shinobi Striker, I am listening to Four All Nerds. Tune in. What's up, everybody? This is Chuck Creekmer, aka Jigsaw from AllHipHop.com. And when I'm not placing my heavy hand on the world, hip-hop culture. I'm watching for all nerds. Hey, this is Logan Browning, and when I'm not trying to take over Netflix, I'm listening to for all nerds. Yo, what up? This is Yahya Abdul-Mateen the second. I play Black Manta in the Aquaman movies. And when I'm not getting around the city, I'm chilling listening to for all nerds. What's up, y'all? This is Steven Harris, fire artist, co-creator of Aztec, fire artist on Ajala, The Fringe, Michael Cray, Watson the Holmes, don't forget Watson the Holmes, award winner of Watson the Holmes, Glyph Award, eyes are nominated. When I'm not drawing, I am listening to For All Nerds. Check it. Hey, I'm Malcolm Lee, director of Night School, and when I'm not directing, writing, and producing, and editing and spending time with my kids, I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, this is Pamela Ribbon, and when I'm not writing things like My Boyfriend is a Bear or Ralph Breaks the Internet, I am listening to For All Nerds. Yo, what's up? This is Chico Leo, and when I'm not leading an Athenian revolt in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'm listening to Four All Nerds. And what's up, y'all? Welcome back to this episode of the Four All Nerds Show. And as always, thank you for joining us here. Thank you for subscribing rating us five stars, leaving comments on all the various platforms out there, such as iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Twitch. We over on Instagram heavy these days. Make sure you are subscribed. Turn on your notifications on Instagram so you can make sure you know when we go live, when we're dropping new content, new content over there all the time. Make sure you hit us both up on our personal socials at Tatiana King. At Let me say that right. Tatiana King. <laughs> And at DJ Ben, I mean, where I've been going live heavy, heavy over there 
all kind of DJ sets. I just dropped this Outcast motivational mix that you can find on my Twitter and my Instagram. It's pretty damn fire if I do say so myself. So you need to check that out. You know, give you some more motivation, more so than this beautiful show right here that we bring you every week. You know, we just keep bringing you more and more because we love y'all. So, you know, if you want to return to love, if you can, you know, if you have a coin to spare, patreon.com slash for all nerds where you can always toss a coin to your ninjas and, <laughs> you know, help us out over there. Because Lord have mercy. Yeah. 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 Right now, you know, I'm, I'm basically, yeah, you know, yeah. So, yeah, patreon.com slash for all nerds. You know, it's all good, folks. We're going to make it. And, you know, with that, we're going to move on to one of my favorite segments. Thank you, as always. I keep saying that. I keep saying thank you, but I mean it. Because y'all send in these questions every week for the geekly asked questions. The guac is extra. The guac is extra. And what do we have up first tonight? The first comes from Kirk Cash. They write, what post-apocalyptic movies, books, or TV shows should we use for research right now? I read The Zombie Survival Guide <laughs> eight years ago. <laughs> you know, I saw this um, no-tip tweeting about how uh, Michonne would be the only type of woman that uh, was useful in the net, after the next three days. Oh, God. Anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. I said I said no-tip. You know, you heard that, yeah. Well, I think um, Kirk Cash is dead ass when they say research. <laughs> uh, and that's fine. Oh, Parable of the Sower. Oh, okay. Octavia Butler, yes. Parable of the Sower, yeah, folks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, yeah. Do you, why do you choose that? Oh, because that was one of those books that broke my mind when I read it, you know? Because I read it and I was like, oh, we're fucked. You know, kind of <laughs> <laughs> like, it felt like real life right then. You know, when I read it, Parable of the Sower felt way too close to real life already. So I felt like, oh, okay. But see, Parable of the Sower is also a tale of hope because it's a tale of what comes after something like this change, you know, like right. that's something, uh, uh, I, it's a quote that I have on my wall. All great changes are preceded by chaos. Wow. You know, that's true. yeah. All great changes are preceded by chaos. And that's what parable to sower is about. You know, it's about great change, but there's, you know, a lot of chaos before that, but it's about the human race uplifting itself to the next level. So, you know, and Octavia Butler is just required reading at all times. It's, you know. Yeah, you definitely should read her, her entire library of work. But yes, um, you know, I actually hate in this in this typical this type of environment. I hate the idea of watching or reading apocalyptic mm. stuff. Like, yep. I'm living in an apocalyptic movie right now. I don't want to live. I don't want to like inception myself into another <laughs> movie. So, mm. like, literally everything that's happening is not just you know as everyone says unprecedented. Like the this is I, I don't know what how to deal with it half the time. So I, I personally don't like adding on to it. Um, but if you must, I mean, I just feel like a lot of these movies show people making dumb mistakes. And maybe <laughs> and maybe that's how you learn. Right. You see the mistakes everybody else makes. Like, you know, if you watch mm. Walking Dead and things like that, or uh, was it World War Z? Um, uh, what's another one? Oh, hell shit. You can watch Black Mirror at this point. <laughs> <laughs> some of that stuff like again to me it's more so the lessons that you get out of it as opposed to you know I, and it's still there the entertainment value of course if, if you just want to watch it because you just think it's fun to watch be my guest me personally myself no thank you mm. i'll say this like when i was locked up i like to read 
because I had written, TV wasn't really that much of an option, but I like to read books about people who were in worse situations than mine and then got out of it because it made me feel better. Mm, you know, it made me be okay. like, oh, okay, there's hope. You know, if they got out of that, like, even though it was fictional, I really liked, I read uh, The Life of Pi when I was in there. And that really made me kind of like, damn, this dude was stuck on this boat for, you know, with a tiger and shit for like, you know, a year. I can make it through this. And I'm still trying to figure out, was he really on the boat with a tiger? Or was that just a stand in for something else? It's all debatable. But, you know me, I like the imagination. And so I drove with so that you, man. So you're going with the literal. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going with tiger, man. And one point <laughs> he was on an island and there was all kind of glowing lights. I'm going with all that. That, that <laughs> I, the book was better to me than the movie. The book was fire. I don't, you know, the movie was cool, I but never the book the was book, fire. So. Yeah, the, the book was, was very good. good. Yeah, the book was very good. So I like reading stuff like that. So that's what I would, you know, say. Like real life tales of people, you know, just anything where they have to go through tough situations and they make it out. That's what always helps me feel better when I'm in a rough situation. Okay. Yep. All right. So the next question comes from Maze, a.k.a. I Robocop. Nothing from Ben. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I get it. I Robo. I, I, I instead of I Robot, I Robocop. Ah. Okay, yeah. Oh, see, see, that took but me see, too long. I, I feel like once I have to explain it to Ben, I mean, you yeah, lost nah, him. Nah, you already <laughs> lost. Well, yeah, it's like that. Come on, that's anybody. It's like a comedian going up and explaining his joke. No, no, no. All right, next. Um, boys to X Men. There we go. That's a good one. Yep. Tales from the Kryptonite. Oh, right. that, that's take, clever. Yeah. That's pretty clever, you know. Yeah, that that's a that's a nice play on words. I like that. Yeah. Okay. And Mega Man Child. Okay. <laughs> and Mega Man Child. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, Main in the Mirror. Okay, he doesn't like that one, guys. I mean, that's just easy, you know? That's easy. That's like, oh, you know, man in the mirror. Man in the, you know, come on, man. It's like you got stuff like Tales from the Kryptonite. You can't, you got you got it. also, it's order. You know, you got to throw the weaker ones in first, so then it builds up to the fire. Okay. You can't, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like a DJ set. You know, you can't just like come in with the fire first. You know, you can't play Niggas of Paris first. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to build up to it. Yeah, you got to build up to it, you know, or like whatever is the hottest song in the moment right now. I have no idea. Ain't nobody in the club. All right. You know? Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> like That's your that. rules for putting up your cage, y'all. Yeah. From Negro Domus. Okay. <laughs> the question or comments go, uh, wanting to start a few things off by giving props to Ben Amin for the multiple DJ streams over the last few days. Thank you, Ben Thank Amin. you. Thank you. Instagram.com slash DJ Ben Amin. Also, uh, Venmo and Cash App, DJ Ben, I mean. Uh, okay, so continuing. They try to pop in and listen to as much as they can while they're at work. But here's the question. I saw a post on Twitter the other day where someone had picked their MCU Mount Rushmore with Winter Soldier, Black Panther, Infinity War, and Thor Ragnarok taking the mantle. Which, asked me, which leads me to ask, if you had to pick your own MCU Mount Rushmore, which films would be on it? Ooh. Their personal picks are... Iron Man for being a launching pad of the universe. Winter Soldier for being one of the best MCU films from beginning to end. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy because that's their favorite franchise in the MCU. And Endgame for giving them the best movie theater experience I've had to date. Mm. Saw it seven times and cried every time. But the first because I was too in shock to process what I just witnessed. Mm. Mm, great question. Mm. Mm. I... 
I'm going to put both Infinity War and Endgame in mine. Okay. Um, and also, I don't think, is there a, there's no limit, right? Because it doesn't say you have well, to have. Well, well Mount Rushmore has like, what, four or three? I thought it was four. That's so funny. We don't know your geography. Four. <laughs> four of them. And I would have missed Theodore Roosevelt. I did not know my man was up on there. Wow. Teddy. Uh, Teddy. So Teddy's the, the man, too. So there's four. So we have to only pick four? Okay. So I, uh, like I said, Infinity War and Endgame, I, I, absolutely up there for pretty much the same reasons that is, has already been cited. Like, it's yep. just giving me this incredible feeling of just being a fan and then also being part, being witness to something bigger than myself. You know, it's not cliche, but it's so true. Um, that's two, right? I would definitely put Black Panther up there because Black Panther meant an incredible amount to me. I was crying at the, the moment they fucking entered Wakanda and that's what, like, three minutes in. So I was already yep. in tears. The fourth MCU movie, I think I'm not going to have to also say Winter Soldier. Like, it was just, it, it was just, perfect and gave us some of the most incredible scenes ever in the mcu ever i mean to this day people whenever an mcu film comes out people compare it to winter soldier and i think that clout that it has the power that it has the audacity (laughs) that it has like i think there's no beating it so those are my four okay um i'm going to go with if it's only four that's tough i guess i yeah, I guess I gotta just throw Black Panther up there right away because you know I'm sitting here looking at a Black Panther action figure, you know that's right in front of my face, and I mean, come on. Yeah. I just remember everything. You know, I was I I was in the car. You know, I remember exactly where I was when they announced it on the radio, or I think you might even hit me. You know, and told me about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think you sent me a text, and I started bugging out in the car. <laughs> um. I was in Houston. I know exactly the road. You know, I can if I ever take Houston, I'm like off. Uh, it's off Kirby, but I can show you where I was at. That's how deep it got. You wow. know, up to the premiere when I was in L.A. to just you know our Crown Wakanda event. Yep. So yeah, Black Panther is up there right away. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna put I'm 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 a kind of cheat here maybe and just put both of them. You know, Infinity War and Game together as one whole you know massive thing. Okay. And. I mean, it's two parts of one story, of, of, of the culmination of a story. So, yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. And because, like, you and, like, Mays said, that is just one of the best theater experiences I've ever had. Like, Infinity War, uh, the first time I saw that one was, you know, in a theater with a lot of journalists. And it wasn't even that patch of theater, but it was a dope-ass theater in L.A., this fire theater. And it was more like me and my man saw it together, and we came out of that, and we just had shock. You yeah. know, we're just sitting there like pure shock. Well, and we, you know, we saw it like a week before, or maybe if, no, but not a week, like two, three days. Yeah, we saw it a few days before. Yeah, so we had to sit on it, yeah. you know, and just be <laughs> like, oh, you know. And then in game, I saw in a pat theater with a bunch of journalists, and people were crying, screaming. It was just one of the most insane experiences I've ever been in a theater for. I cried like four times in the first time, so that's that's up there. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to go controversial and throw Iron Man 3 up in there. Of because course. I, I think it's just the best Iron Man. And I was actually thinking about this the other day because I saw this question come in. And I just think it does stuff that most of the other MCU films just have not done. You know, do something really different, really say something, you know, in a subtle way. 
and then go against the grain with every little thing. Like you have this really smart, cute kid who you think is trying to hang out for the whole movie, and then Tony just disses him halfway through it, and <laughs> you know you don't see that motherfucker again. And that's one of my favorite moments. How it flips the whole Mandarin twist to me is just one of the most brilliant things. And we're still going to get a real Mandarin handled by an Asian director in in Shang-Chi, you know? And that really means something to me. Because I didn't think that as much as I love Iron Man 3, dude, uh, Shane Black, I did not think he was, you know, the man to write the Mandarin at that time. Because the Mandarin in the comments is filled with, you know, stereotypes. Mm -hmm. And so you got to really have somebody who knows how to flip that as well and make it dope. Mm -hmm. And have him be in the whole Asian, you know, like, let it be that, you know, let Shang-Chi introduce the Mandarin, and then he can come out and blast after that, hopefully. You know, maybe he can get it. Well, I mean, Iron Man, no no fights with Iron Man no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so moving on here, but Iron Man 3. And then I have a tough choice between this one because it's like either Captain America, the first Avenger, or Winter Soldier. Yeah, I'm not really sure. You got to pick. I, 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 I'll go with first Avenger because, once again, when I first saw it, I was like, ah, this is all right. But as the years have gone by, the more how it sets up so much other stuff, how it has the first iconic, I can do this all day. Yeah. You know, how you know how it just shows Steve and, and Steve and Peggy's relationship, you know, and the, which is my favorite moment. But that was like, I've, I probably said it on the show, like I said, Infinity War, I mean, Endgame needs to end with them reuniting. And then they did it. You know, so that was my favorite thing. And then that, and then him and Bucky's relationship in that film. You know, uh, don't go doing anything stupid. I can't. You're taking all the stupid with you. <laughs> you know, like this shit is fucking brilliant. And I don't think it's appreciated enough. And then it also is like an old timey movie. You know, like they capture that feel. It's directed by the dude who did Rocketeer. And oh, it captures that yeah. Rocketeer feel, you know. And so it's once again one of the few MCU movies that has a different feel to it. Yeah, and does, so that, it does feel very unique compared to the other. Yeah, and so that's why I love it so much. And like I say, just all those iconic little moments. Peggy shooting that dude when he first picks up the shield. Like, you know, because she's mad at him for flirting with the other woman. And so she walks in, picks up the gun, and shoots the shield. It's like, I think it works. Yeah. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on. Yeah, so I, I, I got to go with First Avenger. Yep. Okay. That's a great, great question, though. Yeah, I like that. And definitely, yeah. I would love to hear what everybody else thinks. So, Hell yeah. what, what MCU movies, only four, that would you put uh, in your MCU Mount Rushmore? Please do not cheat like Ben Amin and put Infinity and Endgame together. But Okay, I'll just, right, I'll just put Infinity then. I'll just take okay. Endgame off. Yeah, because Tony, no. It's still the better. <laughs> that's still the better moment, yo, that one. Because, yo, the theater was so quiet. And it was, it was like New York City, one of the big IMAX theaters. You know, so it was yeah, packed. No, that's totally you will no. never forget that for the rest of never years. as long as I live. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, shout so, out to that dude. So, uh, let us know what you guys think. Hit us on the socials at 4 Nerds. Yep. Um, the finally last one comes from Philip Winslow, aka Forge Master Flash. They write Ben Amin had mentioned violence in shows making up for a lack of story, uh, in Westworld. And I'm wondering if this applies to the new series Devs, which is um, FX on Hulu. Have any of you caught it yet? Would you agree? It looks cool, but the story and character decisions are infuriating. <laughs> FYI, the series is from Alex Garland, who created Ex Machina Annihila- and Annihilation, mm. which are both crazy ass. <laughs> well, well, Ex Machina, I-, I liked as a film and also. Annihilation was fascinating, but scary as hell to me because it was just so out there. Like, I saw That's it the on one the with p- all the women in the, in the, um, 
in the environment that's being changed by this yes. whatever. Yes. yes. Yeah. It, all right. Go ahead. You saw it in what? I just saw it and it was just beyond oh, bizarre. Oh, you just saw it. Oh, you just saw Not it. Not just saw it. I saw it but, and it was beyond oh, okay, bizarre. Yeah. I was on a plane. In fact, I was on a plane coming from <laughs> LA when I saw it. And, and so I had plenty of time to sit there and contemplate my life. And it was the <laughs> worst experience. Do not watch that when you're like a captive person. Like watch that when you can get away. But wow. Yeah, I watched, I watched that joint at home. I, yeah, I didn't have that experience. But I enjoyed it. But I thought when you talk about some characters making some idiotic decisions, that was one of them films where I was like, whoa, these people are not that smart. That's like a, not as bad as like Prometheus. That's a movie. Where oh, I just God. like, yeah, these yeah, these people just made foolish, foolish decisions. Yeah. But but it's so beautiful that, you know, kinda I kinda get past it because that movie just looks so good. Yeah. Well, I have not seen the series devs. No. But just to kind of just again reiterate what Ben I mean says, yeah, I I didn't really think about that, Ben, until I, I thought about it, <laughs> until you said it. And I'm like, oh, you're right. There are some bodies of work where they just replace the violence with any real compelling story. Mm-hmm. But what about things where the violence is the story, like John Wick? Mm. Well, see that you go into, and that's my part of my problem with John Wick. You know, like, I liked the first one, but after the first one, even during the first one, I was like, "Yo, man, this dude shot a lot of people in the face." You know, I, I like how well, that's many the times? Point. I know, but that's what I mean. How many times do I need to see it? Mm. You know, is that good for my psyche to see people getting shot in the face over and over again? You know, the violence has an effect on us, you know, and the fact that we are, especially in this country, so desensitized to it, there's something to be said about that. You know, that does have an effect. Like, what it is, I don't know. But I, you know, I'm a kid who grew up watching Commando and sitting there rewinding it to see how many blood squibs they used on each shot. Like, I paused it to see the blood squibs explode on a dude because I wanted to know how many they used for the shotgun, you know, how many they used for the pistols. You know, I was in the film, so I, and also in the violence. So, you know, it's satisfied. It's <laughs> I satisfied. was in the film, and I was into violence. <laughs> <laughs> it satisfied two of my urges at once. So, yeah, that's, you know, but maybe that's why I'm a little off now. Wow. Who knows? I'm, you know, but I'm also not going off blasting nobody or anything. That's just not me, you know. But I am i don't know, you know. And is there a show? I mean, Westworld, I want to peep the second episode of um, this week, and I probably will, but I've been all on that Clone Wars right now. Which even that, I've been like, oh, this shit is violent. Yo, kids cannot watch. But I mean, wars. You're in I war. I know. I get it now. I get it. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Star Wars has always been Star Wars. And they ain't never had people. Yo, Ashoka straight juke this dude in the back with her lightsaber. I mean, I cried laughing, but it was like, damn, Ahsoka. Like, straight up ran up on this dude and just juked him. You know? It was, it's bad. That show is not for kids, folks. Not at all. <laughs> Ugh, I did not know. You know, you show a cartoon. I'm like, okay, no. Muzz did Captain the Face. Man, this one Jedi just tried to take it. You know, oh, I, I, I'm not going to give no spoilers. But this one dude, I was like, okay, this guy's to be around for a minute. Wap. No, <laughs> no, he ain't. No, he ain't. No. George no, R.R. R. Martin. Yeah, that's his corpse laying there. Yeah, no. Well, that so, um, Yeah, I mean, I haven't caught effect. I mean, devs. It looked cool from the trailers and commercial. I'll say that. You know, it looks really good. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that is it for Guac. If you guys have a geekwently asked questions, could be about geek culture, pop culture, somewhere in between, or maybe you have a life question, whatever it is, hit us up, contact at 40nerds.com if you want a little bit of privacy or you have a very long question. Otherwise, you can hit us up on the socials at 40nerds. 
And if you are on a certain tier on our Patreon, patreon.com slash 4 you get a guaranteed guac question whenever you ask it. So hit us up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we mentioned this earlier, but real quick, I just want to do a little bit of one of my favorite segments of the show. Normally, we are at the stores doing this, but, you know, it's kind of tight right now. So it's time for Comic Psycho. Which, like I said before, would be pretty quick because most of the stores out there and all the harder hit regions are shut down. But like I said before, please hit up your local comic book shop. Email them. Call them. Do whatever you can to get in touch with them. Ask them what they're doing doing during this time. See how you can support. I would suggest buying gift cards from them. That's a great way to support them because, like we said, Diamond is shutting down. So for at least the next two or three months, it doesn't look like we will be getting new comments on Wednesday. I'm not sure... How much longer, how much, you know, uh, four they have. But I don't even think it's that much. The comments get shipped to the shop every week. Mm. So this might be the last week. And it really is up to the publishers right now. Are Marvel and DC going to keep putting out new content? Because they have the comics, you know, the, at least the work. They could put and, them out and, and digitally. And they still have the delivery system of digital. It's just yes. how they how is that going to affect the relationship with with the stores? There it is. And so as much as I want new comics, you know, and I know everyone else out there, you also remember a great way to support your stores is to buy old trades, you know, because there are, come on, folks, there as many effing comics as I've read, there's thousands that I've never read that I'd still would love to read. You know, there's classics that I've never read, I'm sure for all of us. So um, one that just dropped this week that I definitely want to recommend, I've been recommending is Immortal Hulk, you know, by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett, who I think is one of the highest selling, if not the highest selling Marvel title right now. And it deserves it. It deserves everything. You know, it's just one of the best runs of any comic book that I've ever read. I put it up there with anything. If you like a really well-told tale that just starts off, like when I first described it on the show, it starts off like each issue feels like a uh, Tales from the Dark Side or a Black Mirror episode, mm. you know, where Hulk runs into one weird thing and deals with it, and it's super weird. And so it started off like that, right? And then it's just become this epic tale about Bruce Banner and Hulk trying to remake the world, kind of, like destroy the system of, you know, that we were talking about before in place and destroy the world and remake it and what that really means and what happens with that. And it just becomes bigger and bigger and every issue just have ill revelations. And the dude, Joe Bennett, is just doing some of the illest artwork I've ever seen. And he captures these horrific moments. So that's one thing I will say. Once again, this ain't for kids at all. I mean, this <laughs> shit is like, it ain't for me sometimes. I pick it up and I can't wait to read it. And then I finish it. I'm like, oh my God. Like, uh, uh, ah, that was so. I mean, the latest issue alone, yo, there, there's, oh my God, there's a scene in it where I'm just like, what is, you know, like, what is life? You know, like, why, why am I here? But such a great book. So I would suggest buying that. You know, you can pick up the trades of that from any store. We always talk about the House of X, uh, Powers of X. The hardcover is out there. It's a beautiful hardcover that has, you know, the whole run in it. One of the best reads. I mean, perfect for a time like this. Because as dark as that book is, it's super hopeful, you know. And that's something that I love about it. And like I say, I love to see and read things where people are going through times and, you know, can do better. So that's just a great way to support your local shops. Yeah. Anything we've always talked about, you know, people always ask me 
recommendations. If you're on Twitter, on Instagram, make sure you hit up that hashtag comics.copped and check out what other people are buying because usually they've been listening to the show or they have great taste already. So check out that hashtag comics.copped. Use it for any books you're buying. And thank you so much for supporting and keep supporting your local combo with stores for real out there, y'all. They need y'all. Absolutely. And then finally, um, we mentioned that sometimes, especially during times like this when you're in quarantine, you're, you're doing other stuff to pass the time, other points of entertainment. I've been gaming again. Um, yeah. I've been, and as Ben Ami had mentioned online, soon, soon come, I will be streaming on Twitch. As soon as my video card gets here, uh, I will be streaming. But on top of that, I've been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons on the Switch. Loving it, as usual. I've always been a big Animal Crossing fan since the DS. Um, Tom Nook is a hoe. Uh, wow. <laughs> and you don't know who Tom Nook is, fan, I mean, but you will learn one of these days. I guess hopefully. he's a hoe. He's a hoe for a variety of reasons. And all my okay. Animal Crossing fans know why. Um, he is a slumlord, amongst other things. Um, and the game teaches you... <laughs> Capitalism? Uh, yeah, the game teaches you about crushing debt. So, <laughs> oh, shit. And how to get through it or not get through it. Um, but, in very, but, but in very cute um, ways. So, you know, there's that. Fan Pros. Fan Pros.